Uh, I just want to take a, a moment uh, for you. I, um, it's always hard. Uh, you know, the expectation is for a minister to do something special for Mother's Day, uh, have some sort of appropriate thing. And, and uh, the longer I've done this, the more I've realized that uh, there's a lot of hardship. There's a lot of difficulty over a day like today. Uh, some folks have uh, lost loved ones, people that they've loved dearly. Uh, others are, are not moms uh, and not by their choice. Others uh, have just had quite a bit of story in their life. And so when I think about, uh, when I think about Mother's Day, I think about my mom, it's easy to do. And, and, but I also think about uh, folks who are just going through an awful lot. And uh, so uh, just as your pastor, as your friend, um, even as your son, I'd like to pray for you. Uh, so let's, let's just pray. Uh, God, we come before you uh, knowing today that uh, uh, for many it's a joyous day, a day in which moms are loved and focused on and, and they feel encouraged and blessed by the children that are around them. Uh, but Lord, we also know that uh, there are moms who passed away in the last year. And so for my friends and my family, Lord, that have lost people that have uh, loved and cared for them, Lord, I just pray that your grace and your mercy would be with them, that you would draw near to them and comfort them. Now, Lord, for those uh, that are just uh, have a lot of grief, uh, grief uh, today and this morning over relationships, over loss, over hurt, God, I just pray that you would draw near and help us to know of your grace and your love today. Thank you that the power of your gospel, uh, Lord, will bring us to you and draw us closer to you. Lord, to know that we have family with us, uh, whether uh, they are physically our family or through what you have done through the cross to bring us into your family. Lord, that by believing in you, you call us your children. And Lord, that you've given us children in our church family to care for and call our own. And so, Lord, help us to be encouraged today and loved, to know that we have mothers all around us. Lord, that uh, love and care for us, and we thank you for them, and we celebrate them today. Lord, bring comfort and strength and encouragement. Let them know today that they are loved and treasured by you, that we care for them so much. We thank you, God, for all that you do, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, if you thought I was going to be over there this morning, and you guys want to do a little shuffle of your seats, if you need to do some arrangement, if that throws you off some, uh, you can go ahead and do that now. Feel free to move about your cabins. Uh, that's fine. Um, so this morning, I, I, I have this song on my heart, because this is a song that my wife sang to all of our children when they were young. And I need you to participate with me, otherwise it's going to be very embarrassing for me. Uh, so I'd like it to be all embarrassing together. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Did all of you participate? Now the next one is fun. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. See, we're going to get back to those kids downstairs. They'll be like, what is going on up here? 
If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. Now here's the real fun one. If you're happy and you know it, shout amen. amen. If you're happy and you know it, shout amen. 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 If you're happy and you know it, and your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, shout amen. 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 All right, that was good. Now we got to put them all together. You put them all together, right? If you're happy and you know it, clap your Oh, do all three. I messed that up. Amen. If you're happy and you know it, do all three. Amen. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, do all three. Amen. Some of us are good at it. I'm just making my observations. There's room for improvement for some of you. Uh, but, you know, we truly are called to be a happy people. We know something about the world that is lost on really everybody else. And that is, is that this is a place in which we can be happy and filled with joy. When I think about uh, what my mom gave me, it was a life filled with happiness, filled with joy, filled with comfort and love and encouragement. And I'm so grateful for that. And the root of that that came from my family was that they had faith in Christ. They gave me the opportunity to have true happiness when they gave me a life with God. When I think about uh, those uh, of us that maybe struggle with happiness, maybe this morning you were thinking, there ain't no way I'm singing that song with Jordan. And there's a few of you out there, and I won't name you, but, uh, but, but there, are a, there was a sense of, really, Jordan, are we going to do this? Is it socially acceptable to be that happy as an adult? And the answer is no, it's not. I try to be a happy person sometimes, and people are like, why are you so happy? And it's like, well, let me tell you. Uh, and, you know, it's like it can be difficult for us to be filled with joy. And I think about, um, you know, some of you all are going to go out to eat this afternoon. You're going to take the moms out, and you're going to spoil them. And let me tell you what's going to happen when you take the moms out today. You are going to wait forever. And the beautiful idea that you have of, I know what we're going to do, guys, to bless mom. We're going to take her out to eat today. About three in the afternoon, when you finally get your food, you will say, this was a terrible idea. This is truth. I'm, this is called prophecy from the pulpit. Uh, the preacher joke there. The, uh, but the issue is, is this thing that we've been uh, learning more and more about over the course of the last couple of months, and it's that the three words that just kind of make you want to cuss sometimes, right? And it's the, not that we would do that, but uh, it's supply chain issues. Are you familiar with it? I went to, uh, you know, apparently there's no more wait staff. We don't have those people anymore, and they also don't have French fries. So if that's what you want today, you're going to struggle with it. I was in the grocery store. We needed to have chicken and noodles. And uh, that is like a staple in our diet and the Eckes family. And I was traveling. I went to Meyer, I went to Kroger, I went to Walmart, and there were no Essenhouse noodles to speak of. And I thought, even supply chain 
chain issues with the Amish community. Like, what is going on? It's affecting everyone. And so I was like completely brokenhearted. Then I actually went to like an Amish store and they had them. I was like, ah, oh, who thunk it, you know? Uh, but uh, so the day was rescued. There were Amish noodles. So let me tell you, it was a close call. But, uh, you know, we have these sort of things. And I, and I think about our lives and I'm, and I'm wondering, why is there a lack of joy? Why is there a lack of happiness? This sort of sense that, uh, that we could be filled with joy, that we could be filled with faces that actually smile and show it and clap our hands and stomp our feet and feel like that it's actually genuine. Uh, this setting up this sermon series and wanting an encouragement series, I was the whole point of it was because I just felt like this general sense of like we're all in a bad mood. And I don't mean that like I was in a bad mood. I, like, I started listening to what was coming out of my mouth, and it's like, man, I'm kind of grumpy. Do you ever have those self-revelations, or are you just oblivious to it now, right? The, uh, I just felt like, man, I, all I'm doing is complaining. Who feels like all they do right now is complain? None of you are showing your hands, but all of you should raise your hand, right? I was sitting with uh, Kim and uh, and my uh, Kim and Jared and Sandy at a soccer game yesterday, and the wind was just howling over the, and it was just like all we could do was complain. I was like, "This is miserable. I am so sick of this." And and there's no common condemnation there. I mean, it was just that's how we have felt, and it's like, how do we get through this? How do we live with joy? How do we live with happiness? How do we? change our sort of demeanor and say, yeah, the weather is what the weather is, and it has been crummy. It's like we can count on one hand how many nice days we've had in the last week, and now we're going to complain about it being too hot. <laughs> you know, it's just like we can never be happy. But thank goodness in God's word there is an encouragement, there is a strategy, there is something that we can do to remind ourselves that this is the recipe for true joy and happiness. And the book is 1 John, and I'm just going to highlight through a couple of things in the book of 1 John that to me are, this is an encouragement to me, and these are the things that I need in my life if I'm going to be a person filled with joy. Like, do you want to be, genuinely, asking, asking for you on your behalf, do you desire to be a person filled with joy? And do you think that the world needs people filled with joy? I would like a few more of them. How about you? Right? And so in, in the book of 1 John, uh, it opens with the sort of encouragement right out of the gate. And if you uh, would hop over there for me, in 1 John 1, it, it opens this way. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. He's talking about Jesus. He's saying, I have had a firsthand encounter with the risen Lord Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh. I have touched him, I have seen him, I've seen the risen Lord. He says, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life this life appeared, the life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We make this, we write this to make our joy 
complete. John gives us the recipe. The recipe is this, that we know Jesus, that we have fellowship with God, and we have fellowship with each other. He said, I, I know this Jesus, and I want you to know about him. I want you to know this one that I saw, that I experienced, that I lived my life with. I want you to know about this Jesus. He was there from the beginning. He was there, and he was the firstborn over all of creation. He is love incarnate. He is Christ Jesus, and I want you to know him. He said, I'm going to keep proclaiming that message to you so that you get these two things, that you would have a relationship with God the Father and that you would love one another. And he says, if you would do this, if you would know Jesus, if you would have a life with God the Father, and if you would have life with one another, that would make my joy complete. And it leads me to think that that would also bring us joy. That what John sees for himself as the completion of his joy would also bring us a genuine sense of joy. To know Jesus to be reconciled to our Father, and to have genuine relationships built around that is the recipe for all of us to find completeness and true joy. And if we would grow in that, if we would learn in that, that we would embrace Jesus as our hope and our Savior, that we would have a relationship with God our Father, and that we would have a relationship with one another, this is the formula for true joy. Because Christ, he defeats sin and he gives us a relationship with God and that which separated us now unifies us together because Jesus has purified us of our sins. We can also be unified together. And that's what John says in verse 1-7. He says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. We have fellowship. God has called us out of darkness and into the light. He has purified us from our sins so that we could walk with God and have fellowship with one another. We hold one thing in common. You may come from different families. You may come from different areas. You, you may be, you know a true Christian from Michigan instead of being brought up a Hoosier. You know, you might have some things against you. But you can have unity and grace and love because what unifies us is that we all hold together. The purification of sins comes from Jesus Christ. We all point to one who has reconciled us, bringing us unity. If you think about the whole story of the Bible and where it all starts and everything from the beginning, we get that the story of sin is about separation from God, that the story of sin brought suffering and cursing and death. And what that brought was also, along with it, shame and guilt. And we are all too familiar with shame and guilt. We are familiar with the sort of sense of, I don't want anyone to truly know who I am or what I've done. That I'd be too ashamed for people to know of my sins and my brokenness. But John is saying to us that Jesus has provided purification for sins for all of us. That which separated you is now we're unified by what, by what purifies us. We've all been separated by sin, but we also can be united together through the forgiveness of our sins. And that's what I think John is saying for us. That if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness. We can be one in Christ through his forgiveness and grace. 
And he keeps moving on. We're going to hop through the book kind of quickly here this morning. In John, and First John 3, in verse 11, it says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. If you jump down to 16, this is how we know what life, uh, love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, for one another. John starts using this one another phrase quite a bit. He's saying, okay, we need to have a relationship with Jesus that draws us to a relationship with God the Father, and the way we express that is through how we love one another. So, Christ, uh, so John, he's drawing from the life of Christ, and he's saying, okay, this is our example now. This is uh, our life now, that we would love God and find unity with him, and that we would express that in laying down our lives for each other. I'm going to take a little bit of a, a sidebar to make a point about something that I think is really important. Um, if you spent any time with me, you realize that... Um, uh, that I, well, let me put it this way. Uh, the Christian Standard this last week, I should have looked at it before I put it out. I didn't really look at it. And then I started looking at it, and I thought, oh, this thing's a piece of garbage this month. And then what I mean by that is that it was just a big, long list, and maybe that's an overstatement. It, I know it is. But uh, it was just a list of all the churches and how many people attend at the churches. And it's had the big churches, and it had the little churches, and I must have missed the email because I didn't submit Edna Green's numbers in there. So Edna Green doesn't even show up. And it's like, and that's not why it's garbage. It's garbage because it's all about nickels and noses. How many people are showing up? Is the church successful? Where do we measure up? How do we measure up to other churches? If you spent any time with me, you realize that I am not driven by that. I'm driven by relationship. I would rather spend time with you, talk to you about your life and what's going on and how I can encourage you in the moment than I am about strategic plans to, I don't know, take over the world, you know, like hang out with Pinky and the Brain, you know, I don't know. I don't have those plans. My hopes are that you would grow in Christ. My hopes are that you would be encouraged and, and walk with God and know that you are loved by him. I don't know how to grow a church the way they want you to grow a church. All I know is that it's up to God to grow you and, and encourage you, and it's up, to, it's up to each of us caring for one another. And so when I look at this, and when I look at this text, and I, and I think about uh, these sort of things in our life, that we try to think about how we can grow a church and grow in numbers and how we measure churches and all these different things and we compare ourselves to other churches and how many people are going to theirs and how many are going to ours and what can we do better and who are we missing and all these things that just sort of become overwhelming. And I think the Bible doesn't really teach us about that. But here John is teaching us something that's repeated not just by John, it's repeated by Paul and I think it's encouraged by Jesus. And I think he's saying, do the people love God and do they love each other? The measurement of a church is not by the amount of programs they have and how many people are attending them. It's do the people love God and do they love each other. And I can find an awful lot more biblical evidence supporting that than the former. Yeah, Acts preached and 
there were 4,000 that day. But after those first few times where they talk about the numbers, doesn't it become about the people? Doesn't it become about people who've turned their lives over to God, love each other, and the rest of the way is Paul and John and Peter and all of them saying, we have to love one another as Christ loved us. And so we can walk out the doors and you can see who, how many people are here on a Sunday and how much was given. And you can measure that church, church that way. Or you can measure it by, did, did we love each other this week? And did we love God today? And I want to grow a church that way. I want to encourage you to live your life thinking about that. Do I love God and do I love my church family? And God will sort out all of that. God will grow that church and more people will come and be saved. Don't hear me wrong. I want the church to grow numerically. But I want it to grow with a love for God and a love for each other. Does that make sense? And I think that that's what we need encouraged in. Because the number game becomes very discouraging. When we measure the wrong things, we put the wrong weight and emphasis on them, and then it begins to feel like, man, I'm not successful. Jordan's not doing a good enough job. What do we need to fix? And really, it comes down to, do I love God? And do you love the people around you? That's a little bit of a sidebar, but I actually think it feeds the point. That Christ lays down his life for the church, that we would lay down our lives for one another. I see much more evidence in the Bible that this is what matters the most. Are people listening to each other? Are people serving one another? Are people sharing and burdens together? Are people praying for one another? Are people laying down their lives for the sake of the gospel and the, for the glory of God? And I want you to believe today that we can be that church, a church that loves God and loves each other. I've seen evidence of it in such encouraging ways over the last several weeks of just selfless giving. Uh, yesterday morning, a group of guys got together, and man, oh man, they did quite a bit of yard work in a little bit of time. Uh, it was just incredible to see a group of guys working together, encouraging a church family member. And we can be that. God desires us to be that. And so if there's needs that need to be met, let us know so that we can serve and love one another. If there are things that you're discouraged about, let us know so that we can lift you up and care for you. Let's bless and love one another. Let's be the church Christ is calling us to be, one that loves God and seeks his heart and cares for one another. And then I think John would say, man, when I look at that church in Etna Green, man, they understand fellowship with the Father and they understand loving one another. And John would say, man, they are making my joy complete. They have found true joy. And I think that we will find true joy when we love one another and we care for, uh, I love God and love others. It's almost like Jesus taught us that as the greatest thing to do. We are called uh, to love one another because of Christ's love. John doubles down on it, and I wrote those references down for you. I'm just going to highlight them for you. Uh, and just reading through them here. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. In 4.7 he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who has 
uh, who loves has been born of God and knows God. In verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In verse uh, 12, it continues, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so not only is our joy made complete, but God finds the completion of his love in our expression of love for one another. And then in verse 21, if that's not enough for us, and he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. They must love one another. It is a continuous call to love one another. God loves, so we love. We make joy complete. We make love complete by caring for each other. We also share in the victory of Christ. And this is my final sort of point. And that is, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to, also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You may be thinking, Jordan... I get it, we're called to love one another, but I don't know how to. I don't know that I have the strength to. I don't know that I can live up to the expectations of that. Well, today, I think it's important to remind us that we share in the victory of Christ. That Christ did the laying down. And what we are doing is simply the following. We're following him, we're humbling ourselves as he humbled himself. That God rose Jesus, raised Jesus from the dead and that God will also lift us up as we lower our lives down. That we share in the victory of Christ. That we're no longer separated from God but we are unified with him. That we can share in a relationship knowing Jesus is king. Knowing him as a savior. Praising God our father, drawing near to him. And caring for and loving one another. I have simple questions. Simple encouragements to say... If you're struggling with joy, maybe it's a supply chain issue. Maybe something's getting in the way. Maybe it's like the evergreen that was like crunched up in the canal and it was blocking things. Maybe the issue, maybe the issue is one of these three things that are interconnected. Do I know Jesus? Do I trust him? Do I believe in him? Do I give him my heart? Do I know that the Father, I've been reconciled to my Father in heaven, that I have a life with him? Do I trust and know that the Spirit is with me, guiding me and guiding my heart? Do I have my relationship with God, or is there a supply chain issue? Are you praying? Are you spending time with him? Do you seek his heart? Do you seek his will? Or is there a block, you know, is there something blocking that? Something in the way? And if there is, well, maybe that was why it was so hard to sing, if you're happy and you know it. That or it was just embarrassing, which is, it is. But Is there a supply chain issue in your relationship with God? Is there something blocking and keeping that? Or is there a supply chain issue between you and your relationships with people in our church family? Did someone say something stupid? I guarantee they did. But they need to be forgiven. Did they forget something? Probably. We're all people here. 
Were they insensitive to me? Did they hurt my feelings? Probably. You can let the supply chain issues keep you from belonging. But Jesus has solved that problem. The purification of sins was for all sins, for all time, and it was for you, and it was for that person that hurt you. The source of true joy comes when we know Jesus and we know his forgiveness and we accept that we're unified in him through that forgiveness and love. And man, does that let me love you well. Because what separates us is not greater than the love that unites us through Jesus Christ our King. What's keeping you from a relationship with God and a relationship with us? Let God's love speak to that today. And I pray that you would experience his forgiveness, his grace, and his mercy today. That we would have unity and love for one another. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your love, for your grace through Jesus. Thank you for your kindness to us. Let us know today that we are loved by you, treasured, so much so that you've sent your son to redeem and save us. Lord, today we choose to believe in you, to believe that Jesus is Savior and King of the world, rescuing us from sin and death. Thank you for the encouragement from your word, and may we not grow weary in doing what is good. Help us, Lord, to love you and love one another. Thank you for the opportunities that you've given us to love and bless and encourage each other. Let us continue down that path and be a church that grows numerically for the right way in the right ways and the right reasons. Because people want to be loved by one another and know that they're loved by you. So help us, God, today to know of truth and grace and mercy. Help us today know to know that we have life in Jesus. Thank you for your spirit guiding this church. Continue, Lord, we ask of you to be our leader, to be our hope, to be our salvation. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Will you stand in response for those?